Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. I am Chris, and as usual, I am here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, say hello. How's it going? Hello, everyone. How's it going tonight? Oh, it is going good. We've got another guest excited about this one. Another person is going to make convince me to spend more money, just like Matt from Print My Ride did. Um, oh my gosh, so, you have an issue. You know, I know I do. I have an addiction. That's okay. I, I'm figuring it out slowly. Um, but very short news, new ride of the week, basically to close out the year. And then we have our guest. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Uh, so let's jump right in and we're going to start off by talking about the ride we talk about all too often. <laughs> and that is the Wallaby Belgium into the Mega Coaster, which we now have a name for. And it is Conda, or I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Conda, I, I believe so. Sounds like Honda, but honestly, pretty cool name. I like it. Definitely reminds me a, a lot of Kumba. Reminds me a lot of Condor, um, which I think are both very good names. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I mean, we've talked about this coaster so much. The theming we've seen start to go up around this thing just looks amazing. The ride Plaza looks like it's going to be awesome. And, of course, this ride looks potential top 10 in the world, if not higher. So. Yeah, Belgium. Uh, Belgium is skyrocketing up the list, I think. <laughs> oh, Belgium uh, is on the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, I, I was right telling now. Jack before we started recording that I was planning a crazy Europe trip just, like, for fun. And I, in a couple years, if I have the money, I think I'm going to have to do this trip if, if mm. COVID actually chills. Uh, yeah, so... It, this is on that list. We're so. excited about that. Very. Uh, if you couldn't tell by our repetitive uh, mentioning of it every single week we're excited for it yeah so the next thing i'm gonna be honest i haven't paid attention to this at all because i really this don't is weird care about it at all um but i'll let you so i'll let you talk about it okay so yeah th- this is a weird one and that is aquaman is apparently delayed aquaman at six flags over texas the uh mock water coaster what is it is it the power splash the shuttle model yes the power splash shuttle yeah okay so basically on the website it says it's now um opening 2022 which you know that's a shame but then apparently which i need to look at this myself which i'm going to do right now from what i've heard is that it says it goes upside down one time now the thing is fully constructed so I don't know if they'd actually do this and if this is just a typo or something. But, like, could they expand it to be the model with the loop? I mean, they'd no. have to take... There's I know, no but, way. like... I know, it's it's so weird, but, like, people have been speculating. Like, I'm looking at the website now. I'm gonna check, but, like... Who knows? Um, like, can I see. remind you, first off what company we're talking about. So spending extra money is laughable. 
I just I think they're just trying to twist it because they're trying to count like that vertical spike as an inversion or something. I'm not I'm saying if it got a loop, okay. I'm not complaining. I just uh, don't see it happening. I want to read exactly what their website says to you. So it says Aquaman okay. Power Wave. Coming in 2022, Aquaman Power Wave is a launch-style coaster that suspends riders in a 90-degree angle before hurtling them across the more than 700 feet of track at 63 miles an hour. And then in the ride info section, it says thrill level maximum. Minimum height must be 48 inches or taller. Location and park, USA area. Uh, features flash pass. And then special features goes upside down. Also want to say this. It says in the by the numbers section, it says manufacturer is mock M-A-C-H rides. Um, so yeah, there's that. But it does say it goes upside down. Now, if they're counting, if they're counting, well, it says 90 degree angles. So if they're saying 90 degrees is upside down, but <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I don't, I don't see them adding a loop, but I, I really think it must be a typo or something. I, I just don't. How get many it. feet of track did you say it has? Let me see. It says the more than seven hundred feet of track. Okay, so comparing that to RCDB, looking at the other power splashes around the world, they all have a length of 711.9 feet. Yeah, I think it's a typo. Must be. I mean, that could just be them trying to convey the thrill level of it, but, like, straight up lying <laughs> at that point. Mm-hmm. It, yeah... Weird situation. I don't think it's going to get expanded to have a loop. Um, yes, according to RCDB, it's not going to. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is just speculation that everybody's been going crazy on, but it, it's just weird. But it's delayed till 2022, um, which is a shame. And hopefully Jersey Devil doesn't happen the same thing. Yeah, that would be... It would be a bad move from Six Flags, I think, to delay all of their rides till 2022. Um, but then again, I'm not. I, I get more into the industry side than most people do, but I'm not as into it as some. So I would love to hear like what Andrew Hyde, and I think he did give his opinion on it. I would love to hear his opinion on everything with that. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, but just weird weird situation that nobody can has really any proof on and we can't say much about it right now i guess yeah well so next up back on. to the um the park that will never stop energy landia <laughs> is building yet another roller coaster folks uh, no. but we've known about this one for yeah. a while but it's i'm gonna be honest they build so many rides i forgot they were building this one because like they're building another ride, but Abyssus hasn't even opened yet, so... I mean, are you surprised? Um, yeah, but this is going to be a Vacoma Mine Train. Uh, it looks... It, we saw the... Didn't we, is this the ride we saw pictures of, like, months ago? Like, their trains? 
I think we did see the trains. I don't remember what they looked like, but they they looked like just your. They almost looked like standard like arrow mine trains from back in the day, like just basic like mining cart look. Vacoma mine train. So the lift is vertical, and then we saw that there was some more track being put in. Um, I'm just really interested to see if there's any theming that comes with it. If so, then this could be really, really good. Well, given that the last, I guess really the last three big coasters they've, they've opened, Hyperion, Vajra, and, well, two they've opened and one they're building, Abyssus, have all put a much higher focus on their theming. I'm hoping that they're going to do it with this mine train as well. Yeah, I'd like to see some rock work with it. Um, we'll see. I mean, with their family attractions, they haven't done it yet. But so also, have they really nice installed like, a major family attraction? They, I mean, no. they've added family coasters alongside Zadra. Yeah, there there have been kitty coasters. But, those were um, kind of themed with the... So there, there were two. There was Draken, which was the one that was installed along Zadra, and then there was Frida. Now, Frida is right next to Zadra and just sits in a grass field, pretty much. It's a small, purple Vacoma Junior coaster. Um, there's no theming with it. So they did add that, but, I mean, this is obviously going to be bigger than those at least... So hopefully they add a little something. Yeah. yeah, that would be nice. Also, I'm just I'm looking. It says at it's pictures three lift Hi- hills. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of Hyperion right now. I need this ride in my life. Soon, soon, Jack. We'll go as soon as we can. It, looks it says it's going to be located in the Sweet Valley section on RCDB. Um, Does that mean another new section of the park? <laughs> Could you imagine if it was themed to, like, a Candyland section? It's Energylandia. I'm not putting it past them. Well, yeah, anyways, that's happening. More credits. This park keeps expanding. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And, yeah, they're adding another coaster. But I don't think anybody's surprised. So, no. next up, Jack pronounces. Okay, so we're getting a Krampus... Krampus or Krampus, depending on how you prefer to pronounce this, water coaster at Nigloland, which I had to do some research on because while I have taken French, it is a little bit rusty. The best way I can describe how to say it is it's igloo, but with an N in front of it. Um, this looks, it's a, we're going back to the mock water coasters here. This looks good. I, I love the unique theming. That is yes. awesome. It, that the, is such a good theme. The cart or the carts. I'm, I sound like a true European right now. The cars and the the boats themselves look fantastic from the concept art we saw. Uh, and yeah, like the theme, fantastic. Yeah, I'm very glad to see something um really unique. I mean, theming a ride to Krampus. I don't think anybody would have thought. But that that's sick. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm sure it's going to have good theming. And more of a reason to go to this park other than uh, Alpina Blitz, which I think that's the one there, right? That sounds right. Uh, I was, I'm on their RCDB page looking at the... Um... Yes, this has Alpina Blitz. Yeah, that's a Mach Mega, which looks really good. Um, but they yeah. That. What else do they have? They've got a... 
Wild Mouse, which we have a weird thing for liking those. Some Got of them. a mock powered coaster. Uh, a some family coaster from a very small firm I don't think I've ever even heard of. What is it? So cat? Like art. It was oh, art. A, yeah. They made them. Um, I think they technically have the like the cannibal. I'm pretty sure they were a part of cannibal. And then I'm pretty sure they're doing um, what was to be called Primordial, and they did Wonder Mountain's Guardian, I think? Wonder Mountain's Guardian is Triotech. Yes, but I, I think the actual track was from them. I, maybe. Well, okay. If you look on Cannibal... RCDB, it's uh, it's credited to them. Let me see. So Cannibal, Cannibal is credited to... Built Lagoon. in-house. Built by Art Engineering. Okay, so that just means RCD. that they... They constructed it, I guess. And then... That, yeah, they fabricated the track. Wonder Mountain's Guardian make art engineering. Alright, so I'm then, assuming what that means is they fabricated the track. Yeah, that's what I think. Primordial... Um, doesn't say on a CV, but I've, I'm pretty sure that they're doing that. So yeah, there's that. Um, but yeah, more of a reason to go to France other than Park Asterix and um, Disneyland. Yep. Okay, that was all too much on Compass, but again, like diving through that rock work, that's gonna be epic. Oh yeah, I'm excited for it. Like you know, it's gonna have that good theming. Yep. Okay, and then I added one more thing in because I kind of do want to talk about it because it's yes, I exciting. did see go on. Um, so if you've paid attention to Twitter and Instagram over the last week or so, you know that not only have I been posting light, excuse me, not only have I been posting lightning rod updates, but, um, yesterday, I believe it was the coaster crew, right? Yes, it was the coaster crew posted some new photo or some new photos of lightning rod, uh, cause Dollywood and RMC completed the launch track over the, um, to, or over the week and got the topper track or the topper track removed and the eye box put in all the way to the top of the launch which means I'm going to have to start going to my alternate viewing area to see more angles of it yay but the key thing that I saw from this is that they removed the trim brakes from the top of the launch area so here is why I think this is of importance and why I'm like going I'm excited about this we so back in it's been about a month now we saw uh crews and the stuff start to show up around lightning rod I knew there was going to be cranes on site so I went and got pictures and some of the first things we start to see happen were tarps and stuff appear over the LSM fins the next thing that happened is the one of the first things they did was they started dripping track off the launch and putting ibox in but through that whole process, they never removed an LSM fin from the track. And those stick up from the track at all times. There's no, they don't move. So they didn't take those off the track, ever. That was where it was. They just made it to the end of the launch track when I was up there last weekend. And they, of course, worked on the rest of it this week. 
Now from the end of the launch to the top of the hill, there are a set of trim brakes. Um, I posted a picture of them on my Instagram story that shows them firing to prove their existence. If you don't believe that they exist, I have the evidence to prove they do. So the interesting thing about those trim brakes is those trim brakes are actually, uh, they are retractable trim brakes. So meaning if they don't need to fire, they won't. So they really actually don't take up as much room as the LSMs. So why did they take them off to put the track on? I don't know. <laughs> if, if you're catching what I'm saying, I'm basically saying there was no point to removing them unless you have no intention of putting them back. So that is my theory, that is my prediction. I am saying there will not be trim brakes on Lightning Rod. The only thing I could see happening is them getting new trim brakes or reducing the number of them. But again, weird thing to do, because uh, there was no need to take them off if you were just going to leave them. Yeah, I'm, so. uh, I'm definitely hoping you're right, because... I would love that to thing be can right. fly. Um, because that means Iron Gwazi can have its stupid record for one day and then I can have it back. I mean, I really don't care about the record. I just want the ride to go fast. Oh, I want this ride to go faster. Like, much faster. Yeah, if it could get back to at least my first ride's uh, speed, uh, that'd be nice. Or faster. If that, Don't like, get your hopes up. It's definitely gotten faster than that. I'm not going to say the actual number, but it's gone a lot faster than 73 oh, yeah. miles an hour. So, lightning rod, no trims, could be possible. I was planning on going up to the cabins today to get pictures. The weather was awful, so I'm going to try to go up tomorrow if the weather is better. And we will, I will keep you updated on this most recent development in lightning rod, whatever is happening. Yes, Jack doing uh, God's work out here, giving us our lightning rod updates. I've gotten like 20-something new followers since I started posting updates. And so. we got 20-something new followers because we put Taylor's Taylor Bybee's name in our title. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, shout out Taylor yeah, yeah, I should. We should say, first off, welcome to all of our new listeners if you yeah, stuck yeah, around after you, last yeah. week's show. Um Thank you for the Because last week was our best show ever. It was also our best week ever. We so. weren't surprised at all by that. No, I won't say that. Mm -hmm. I will say, because so Podbeam, which is what we use to host our, our host the podcast, can give you a breakdown of like what episode was downloaded each day. And it's not just been Taylor's episode, which gives me hope that people are going back and listening to old episodes because they found us. Yeah, we really hope you like them uh, if you're new. If you yeah. didn't. Let us know what you didn't like and what we can change. We're open we, to criticism. Yeah, we should talk. Do we want to do like an end of year survey or something? I mean, we we can talk about that later. Maybe we'll but... talk about that off air. We'll 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 figure out if we're gonna do something. Right. Okay, ride of the week is back. Yes, sir. Let's, let's move on to that before we tangent. What are we doing this week, Jack? We are doing mine trains. Yes. So um, we, we're, bringing it, we're bringing it back and we're going to close it out with four Mine Trains this year. This is episode one of Mine Trains. We'll have two more, or we'll have three more, and that last episode will be our season finale. And so we're going to spend the next four weeks talking about either Thunderation, Adventure Express, Carolina Gold Rusher, or Roadrunner Express. At Fiesta, all. Texas. I'm at, pretty sure a, there's another one. There's a kiddie coaster at Magic Mountain. But. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
But yeah, no. we're going to spend the next uh, four weeks talking about mine trains. We've both ridden all of these rides. It's going to be great. And then we've got some great ideas for next season. So Yeah. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel then. The wheel is spinning. I've missed seeing... I've missed... And the winner is Roadrunner Express at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. The last aero mine train ever built. Yeah. All right, who's going first? I'll let you go first because you've ridden it more recently. Okay, Roadrunner Express. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Very good. Um, I think it's my third favorite mine train. So there's the interaction with the quarry, which is pretty cool, right? And then good views of Iron Rattler. There is some legit airtime on this ride. You know, like, it's probably the most intense of the mine trains I've done. Um, up there with a couple others that we'll talk to or talk about um, later on in the season. But very good ride. Has some good intensity. Has some good forces. Um, obviously, great location actual airtime my only knock on it was the operations although that was to be expected the way fiesta texas was going that day um it had probably a 45 minute wait it was what i had when i was there yeah it was on one train you know that ride and the the big ride next to it that i really wanted to ride a lot but i didn't get to um had pretty bad ops but, you know, I'm I'm going to give it another chance someday as far as operations go. But the ride itself, very, very solid. You can definitely see how the mine trains progressed um, over time and how they got better and better. I mean, like, the way Tennessee Tornado is for Aero Loopers, this is that for mine trains, for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's a great ride. Probably my fifth or sixth favorite in the park i'm not sure um but yeah it's very good i liked it a lot yeah i have a lot of similar thoughts on it uh on roadrunner express you can definitely tell it was the last arrow mine train ever built because it runs a lot like tornado does um that being said my nitpick for this ride is it is so on arrow mine trainish. um and i guess that's a stupid thing to say but i kind of like the rickety shakiness of some of the other mine trains and the sudden jolts and the really out of control feeling and while this one is a ton of fun it definitely doesn't feel quite as out of control as some of the other ones we're going to talk about i think it's my fourth favorite mine train it's great i do it's a ton of fun a great like chris said great setting with the quarry wall but for me it's just lacking that like it almost to say it sounds bad to say, but I kind of wish it was a little rougher and a little more jerky. I don't know. That's that's the charm for me about mine trains, and we'll hit on that with my two favorite ones are both on. Actually, my three favorite ones are all on this list, besides this one. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see that complaint, but that's not too big of a thing for me, at least. I, I, I like can I said, see it's it it's a it's almost one of those stupid things, but again, like when you look at it. It almost is kind of sad too, because this you could you could see the potential for some like Excalibur type rides with this that would have been insane if Arrow had survived longer. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Roadrunner Express, great ride. Um, I'm definitely that hoping we get one. back to that park next summer. So, or oh, earlier, yeah, possibly. definitely. That I mean, 
maybe. I hope so. Yeah. So next up, though, we've got our guest. Cut. Okay. Welcome, guest. Okay. So this week, we've got Josh from Made to Thrill. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So I think most of our listeners are going to be familiar with your work, but if they aren't, let's just go ahead and give us the rundown on you and your company made the thrill. Well, um, I uh, do all of my own uh, artwork as the uh, name made to thrill. Um, I started about five years ago in um, 2014, 2015. I didn't really start like selling art until 2015, but basically I, um, I started making my own, uh, you know, theme park and roller coaster inspired artwork because um, all of the art that I wanted to get in like gift shops didn't really exist. And um, I wanted to hang stuff in my house that didn't just, you know, obviously say like coaster stats and stuff on it and photos because my girlfriend didn't really want to see it all the time. So I kind of made my own art out of my own necessities and then um, ended up posting some of it to Instagram. And I guess the rest is history. People have just been, uh, you know, wanting to to buy the stuff I make. And, and uh, it's just become a, um, a sustainable hobby, as I've been calling it. I don't really call it like a... Uh, like a business or, or a company or anything. I don't, I don't do it to, uh, to make money. I just, uh, do it for the, uh, the love of theme parks and, um, and just design in general. It's sort of like a, a creative outlet. If, you know, I'm a designer by day and, um, in my off time, I just like to do the, the fun stuff, which is what I make and I've made the thrill. That's awesome. And it's, I definitely remember because you started Made the Thrill around the same time I started getting into roller coasters. And so I remember it was like the, the hot thing was when the Cedar Point posters came out. And my dad was like, Have you, oh, yeah. I was like, my dad was like, Have you seen these? And I was like, Those are awesome. And like, I, I love, those are still some of my favorites, but I, if you ask me, they've only gotten better from there. And we'll talk about more. Um, that as we get better, or with, ooh, I'm losing words tonight, folks. This is what I, <laughs> this is what I get for being up for too long. But we're, we'll talk more about the posters as we get a little bit farther down. But I want to. This is a question as a graphic or as an aspiring graphic artist myself. What what made you start with graphic design? Um. It's an interesting question um, because I went to college for uh, film post-production and um, that really led me down a path to motion graphic design. So I was really into making movies in college and even after college. And well, even to this day, I still enjoy making movies. But when I got out of college, I um, started making movies uh professionally in music videos and commercials and being from Chicago that uh, music videos and commercials were like all that really uh, was around and it wasn't the kind of work that I enjoyed doing so I kind of started doing websites um, at, as I, uh, I, I kind of created my own uh, agency with a friend of mine from college and we did film production and motion graphic design and web design and really what paid the bills was doing websites at the time. So um, 
I just got more into uh, to doing kind of the graphic design, the static graphic design and interactive design. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed doing that. And uh, I felt like it was something that it was still connected to um, kind of a creative outlet, which was what I enjoyed in, uh, in film post-production, just, you know, putting things together and making it one cohesive piece. And um, whether it's film or design, it, it all kind of, uh, you know, just made me feel uh, creatively stimulated, <laughs> I guess. And um, web design was really what pushed me forward. And, um, you know, eventually we, we stopped our, uh, our agency and I joined kind of the corporate workforce doing graphic design. And, uh, and then, you know, doing that, you, you work a lot with clients and you find that it's sort of a, a push and pull with clients. And oftentimes you feel that uh, something should be one way and clients should feel like it should be another way. So that's kind of what um, pushed me into doing like the made to thrill stuff was like, I wanted to do my own creative expression where I didn't have to, uh, you know, interface with uh, clients in that way. But um, I don't know, I, I kind of went down a real windy path there to answer that question about what, what got me into graphic design. But I guess to round it out, I'd say it's just sort of, um, you know, building kind of a kind of a cohesive story just through a, a, you know, a static piece that people can react to, I think is, is pretty fun and cool. Yeah, I, I like that. So obviously you started off with like um, all of your prints and the posters, but what made you start making shirts and other items? What led you to that? Oh, well, I always um, really enjoyed uh, collecting shirts and uh, patches and even uh, lapel pins just from my visits to various theme parks or, or really anywhere. I mean, family vacations, I can recall, you know, getting those little trinkets in, in gift shops of, um, you know, the places that we go to. But um, I think my most... Um, nostalgic memories come from you know family vacations to disney world and uh epcot and you know i still have a lot of the original um gifts that we we got together as a family from like the gift shops and they're i mean they're pretty cool they're just like you know ridiculous visors from the 80s that i probably <laughs> wouldn't wear now but um that's those like little uh you know, gifts that you get in the shop or what I really got into making after like the, the prints, I'm like, I want to, how can I, how else can I, uh, you know, express my uh, nostalgia for these things in, in different uh, mediums was, was pretty fun. And, and being a, um, like by day I'm, I'm in like digital design, I'm in a digital space. And um, when I produce like a, um, a patch or a t-shirt, say it's, um, I, I get personally, I get like a different feeling when I, when I hold the actual product that, that I made, it's like a visceral feeling like, Oh, you know, this came out of my mind and I used my computer to make it. And now it's something I could hold in my hand. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing, you know, just for me personally, but, uh, you know, I don't know how else, how it's, uh, how it translates to others if they get the same feelings that I do, but um, you know, they're just, they're kind of fun products for me to make. 
and uh, different ways to express myself and um and just making t-shirts i um i actually started out screen printing my own t-shirts um because i wanted to do some art that kind of felt very hands-on um you, you know it was contrasting to um to what i do in in the digital space um screen printing is super fun very tedious and uh kind of you you can just kind of like um you know put some music on and just jam out and just set up a run of t-shirts and you just start printing so um that was a really fun experience but i i learned a lot about screen printing and learned that i couldn't do it at like the scale that uh that i would have needed to to like to sell t-shirts like it took me a couple hours just to do like a run of six t-shirts and i'm like all right this this isn't going to work. It's more just the for fun thing. So, um, you know, again, I'm just looking for more creative outlets. And that's kind of what led me into t-shirt too, was just like, Hey, what is screen printing about? How do you do this? And, and those types of things. So, uh, but yeah, it was just all about creating different kinds of products. I think. That's awesome. I, I agree with you as a photographer and someone who's also done some digital artwork, the feeling of printing your work for the first time and being able to like hold the picture or hold the thing in your hand and just look at it like that. That's such an amazing feeling. It's one that I still yeah. love to do. Anytime I get to print a new picture, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a good feeling. You know, it, it's a different sense of accomplishment. I think that you get from going like hundred percent digital. It's like, it's not to say that one is better than the other. It's just, it's different and it's, it's very interesting. Yes, you know, for sure. To, uh, to hold something like that. Yeah. So, no, so here is my nerd question and I have a, I have my guess cause I, this is, I always like to say, okay, I have my guess. What do you use to design all of your prints and shirts and stuff in? <laughs> um, it's, it's sometimes a, a mess of things, um, but uh, primarily I do a lot of my um, illustrations and uh, other vector-based artwork in Adobe Illustrator, but I've been using, uh, like for my day job, I'm a UI designer, so I use the program called Sketch, and I'm trying to transition everything I do into Sketch just because um, Adobe has been great, but I just feel like um, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, I'm going to get a little technical here, I guess, but the software itself is a little bloated for what I do in it. So I'm not using maybe, you know, 10% of the functionality of Illustrator. I feel that I feel um, this on such an like personal level. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean. Like, if you use any Adobe product, it can like do a thousand, maybe ten thousand different things. Like in Photoshop, I can pretty much I can edit a movie in Photoshop, mm -hmm. which doesn't seem right for a raster-based photo editing program. Um, but that's just an example of how Adobe approaches their software, and and they've been around for like ten thousand years. Um, that and awesome. that's kind of why they they are the way they are. Um, and they've done a very great job with what they do. But um, the reason I like Sketch is just it's 
just a super clean and simple vector program. And um, so that's what I try to do all my stuff in. But it's a slow process for me because there's still like the vector illustration capability in Sketch is not quite what it is in Illustrator just yet. Yeah. So I, I, while you were saying all that, I launched Illustrator and I can count on one, I can count on my hands the number of tools I use every time I launch it. So it's, yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. It's like, okay, I need the aerial tools, the pin tool, the shape tool and path or um, yeah, pathfinder and we're good. Yep. 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 Yeah, so that was my question, and I, my guess was you were going to say Illustrator, but I always love hearing other softwares that people use, because that means I'm going to go look at it now and try it. Yeah, I mean, Sketch has been great um, for UI and UX design, um, and just being able to create any vector assets in it and vector objects. and You know, it's not really, it wasn't designed for illustration, but it's something you can do in it, and... I, it, to me, it just feels a little bit simpler and just, uh, you know, a little cleaner and faster. Yeah, that, that, that is, that's my number one complaint with Adobe is the, if the first time you launch one of those softwares, you don't know where to start. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. There are it, thousands and, of buttons. And... Yeah, yeah. And the way, like... Um, you know, I kind of started out in those programs was um, I did a lot of uh, tutorials that I found just on random websites. I mean, now I think there's probably YouTube videos for it. But I mean, I started off in the dark ages of uh, computers. <laughs> and uh, this is kind of how I just taught myself was going on um, blogs, which just had like, hey, you want to make this? Here's the steps. And you just kind of did it. And the more tutorials I did, the, the more comfortable I got with it. But I also took, I mean, to be fair, I took a lot of classes in college and I tried to get graphic design as a, as a minor too. But even in film post-production, we had, to, as editors, we had to know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and a lot of Adobe software. Yeah. Oh, and After Effects. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was a big one for motion design. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I use... Adobe Photoshop, Lightroom, Illustrator, and Audition all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to teach myself Premiere Pro, but I, I keep failing. But I, there's just, that is, I, like I said, there's just, that's my complaint with Adobe is you get in there and it's so much happening. And then you go out on YouTube now and I'm like, okay, how do you use Premiere Pro? And you find a tutorial and they tell you to do it one way. And then you look at someone else's and they tell you a completely different way. So... Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, with Premiere, it's like, um, or with any Adobe program, there's the Adobe link, the visual language of Adobe translates into a lot of their software. So you can look at a, a an application of theirs and be like, this is, this is an Adobe product. And, and I understand how to move around in it. The tools may be a little bit different from app to app, but um, once you get a sense of, one of them um you can move pretty seamlessly to the other and uh but with premiere specifically i mean the videos you may run into is um they're talking about you know an editing style and um how to to cut a video in it and um unfortunately every way to do it is the correct way 
That's... And the same thing goes for Photoshop. You know, there's 20 different ways to do one thing. If you want to add like a little um, drop shadow to something as opposed to just going into the layer styles, you can create duplicate layers and blurs and you know, there's a thousand ways to add that drop shadow in there, but every way to do it is the right way. Yeah, it's the so that's the hard way. part. Yeah, so it's just what what feels um, what feels natural to you. But I wouldn't uh, get too frustrated with it. I know, you know, if you're using other programs like that, you're going to pick that up pretty quick. Yeah, it also it also needs to be. I need to actually get outside and film some stuff, so I have something cool to edit together with it. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's the hardest part of any process is actually making the content. Yes, I I, I agree. Cause my favorite part about photography is editing. My least favorite part is taking the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That describes most of uh, the creative process for me. It's yep. like the idea is the hardest part. Well, and that kind of leads perfectly into my next question, which is we're, we'll use a poster what is your process when you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to work on a new poster for this attraction? Uh, well, it's, I generally like to start out with just like, um, you know, if it's a, uh, a ride or an attraction that, that I've had memories of, I can usually just picture it in my head. I can start to draw out a sketch of it. Um, if it's not, I would look at um, some reference photos and see what are some defining characteristics of this that I don't really have to um, spell out for people in an illustration, but I can just allude to it and then someone looking at it like, oh, I know what this is. Like it's, That's kind of with a lot of my you know theme park related art is uh, it comes under the, I, I try to equate it to the, the phrase like, if you know, then you know, mm -hmm. and if you don't then it just looks like a bunch of colors and stuff. And it's still like, okay, you know, I get it, but you may not know like Sandusky 2003 with this Christmas tree and, and these lines means top thrill dragster. Um, but if you don't know that, then it's like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I guess it's kind of cool. Um, but generally I try to, um, to create like an image that doesn't necessarily look like a, um, a photo or it doesn't look like a, um, like a freeze frame out of no limits or something like that out of, out of a 3d rendering, because then it just looks like, you know, you just took a freeze frame out of a, out of a rendering and you want to give it some kind of, um, like stylistic, um, approach or, something that feels like your own personal flavor that you're adding to it. And for me, I, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of like a retro futurism in art and uh, I try to inject that into all of my uh, work that I do. Um, I don't know. I suppose that's, that's kind of my style, but um, that's generally my process is like go from sketch and then make it uh, weird <laughs> or abstract and uh and then try to um apply it in, in illustrator and see like how can i tell the story through the the colors or um the shapes and sort of piece it together so that you know the uh the the nerds like us know what it means but mm -hmm. to everyone else it just looks like an abstract uh you know illustration yeah i mean 
I, I'll just say this now. You've done a, a great job with the Prince. I own quite a few of them, and I, I really, really like them. So <laughs> That's awesome. I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's for it, – I try to make it for everyone, but it's really for the people that, um, you know, that have, like, a nostalgic connection to, to these roller coasters and attractions. Mm-hmm. I, I, now, I'll be honest. I have a – I have – stickers and pins and everything but i don't have a single print because it's there's a couple of them i'm always saying i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it and then you restock them and they sell out so fast and i'm like no (laughs) yeah i mean it's been i can tell you like the the more that it uh you know i guess we could say this hobby has grown over the years it's it gets harder and harder to keep things in stock not not i'm I'm not saying that just for like a a marketing thing or a hype thing it's um as the inventory or the uh, the number of SKUs they say in the industry grows like i produce more illustrations then now i'm not just keeping one in stock i'm keeping 20 in stock or i'm keeping 30 in stock um plus the t-shirts and plus patches and pins and everything else that i want to make so it just it gets a little um tedious and it's like it's harder to do runs of new stuff and keep the old stuff in stock Mm so you know you kind of want to walk the line of how many of these can i actually fit in my house to to sell and then can i use the rest of that money to produce some new stuff (laughs) you know so that's that's what i mean like it's kind of gets hard to harder and harder to keep things in stock as you grow your collection of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my absolute favorite print you've ever designed. And every time I say, I'm going to go get one, it's sold out. It's the beast print. Because oh yeah. That's that one of the view, most popular ones. I think it's that view is, if you ask me, it's the most iconic view on any lift hill in the world. And I have so many memories of staring over that drop that I every time I'm like, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And then I'm like, it's sold out. And I go and I just <laughs> sit there and I ponder my life question. It's like, why did I wait again? Yeah, I, I think yeah. Beast yeah. and Kumba are my two favorites, I'd say. I really like the Kumba yeah, one. Those... Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate that. And it's it's those were two of my favorites to um to actually illustrate just because i mean kumba specifically um you know the colors and and everything and the composition that goes into that it to me it felt like you know kumba Mm -hmm. and um my personal ties to it actually are what got me into i I mean what helped accelerate my my love for roller coasters was um, and I'll definitely date myself with this, but there was a um, a VHS tape that my brother and sister got for me one year um, that was called America's Greatest Roller Coaster Thrills in 3D. And it was probably in, I don't know, 1995 or something, but they were going through like all of the latest and greatest um, roller coasters. And to give you a, an idea, like Magnum, XL 200 and Kumba and uh, Top Gun were like some of the most advanced roller coasters in this VHS tape. So it's it's old. You can probably YouTube that and, and see what's up. But 
um, seeing Kumba in that was the first time I had seen like a, a sit down B and M style coaster that um, did the elements that uh, you know, like the Cobra roll and the diving loop. And it was like, it was insane for me to see this. And, and I could only see it on a VHS tape cause I'm in Chicago and that was in Tampa and we weren't mm-hmm. taking a family vacation down there. So I wasn't going to get to ride it, but um I tried to make that come through and, you know, that, that print, it was just, you know, I wanted this print to symbolize how I never got to ride Kumba in the nineties. But um, that was uh, kind of the driving force behind it, which is weird. I mean, you don't, you don't get this from just seeing the poster, but I just wanted to share like my little story behind it and how, oh, super. how it came to be. That's super cool though. And I, so I'll, Chris said his two favorite. So the Beast one is probably my all-time favorite, but there are two others that I am always going back to. One of them is uh, Tron, which I am a huge fan of the Tron movies. So that poster, I, that ride when it opens at Walt Disney World, that will be the ride that finally gets me to go to Walt Disney World. But the other one is the Back to the Future poster, which is just as a back to the future fan that poster just speaks to my heart so much yeah that was another one of my favorites uh, you know i could probably sit and talk about all these <laughs> posters like there's a story behind all of them i just don't you know share it obviously because people are just wanting to get the the poster and the art because it has their own meaning to them which is amazing mm-hmm. um but for me, it was like um, Back to the Future was like one of my first big kid rides, I think, um, when we did take a family vacation down to Florida and Universal um, and Disney. But um, it was never Busch Gardens. It was, it was like if we did take a family vacation down to Florida, it would be Disney or Universal. And um, I think it was in the mid 90s. And uh we waited probably four hours in line for back to the future and i was so terrified of going on it when we finally got on it it was uh like i was still terrified i had to sit in the back row and have like my dad and or my brother and my mom i think were kind of squishing me in because i didn't want to fall out (laughs) and uh it was it was just a like a crazy fun time you know it was I probably won't, I, I wouldn't soon forget it, but it was, I also wouldn't wait in line four hours for that again. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of those rides I'm always complaining about the fact that I'll never get to experience because I got into Back to the Future probably a year and a half ago. And there's just so much about that movie to love. And there's so much about this poster I love from a movie standpoint, but also as the graphic designer inside of me is like, look at these lines and look at all this. It's, just like it's great i love it to death that's awesome that's awesome thank you it's a fun one to make you know you get to add in like flames you get to add in sparks and lines and and a delorean like amazing 80s car which is some one of the cars i always wanted to get obviously because of back i think but yeah i mean you see back to the future you're like now i want a delorean there's no way to not watch that movie yeah and it's like, I want to get in the DeLorean and drive off into the sunset. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. It's a great time. 
Well, so I say we switch gears a little bit here and talk about um, Holiday World and your collaboration with them. So what has your process been like actually working with a park to bring merchandise to them? Um, well, that was a, um, I mean, it was pretty surprising to me because um, Holiday World, uh, I, I got an email um, from Leah at Holiday World just out of the blue. Um, use like the contact form on uh, my website and usually when an email starts off with um, I'm from this park I always get a little nervous thinking like okay you probably want me to stop selling things that look like your park Um, but it was uh, the opposite direction Uh, Leah said that you know, she didn't see any Holiday World-inspired posters in in my store, and was really hoping that I'd take some time to create them, and uh, and if I would even consider going further, making some new stuff uh, for their their park that they could sell in in their gift shops. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, I could try to do that. So um, we started off just in like a quick uh, phone call just saying um you know if you have any ideas uh, of things we'd like to make um or if things you can make for our park i i think we initially talked about creating posters for for their their big uh, four roller coasters that they have um but then i think it was towards the end of the season and it didn't really make sense to launch like some new products at that time um but for next season, I said, yeah, you know, we can look into that for sure. And they wanted to try to test the water for, you know, what it would be like to, to work together. So they asked me if I could do like a, a voyage t-shirt um, that had like the voyage logo on it somehow. And I said, sure. So that was something they wanted to do specifically for the um, Hollywood Nights um enthusiast event and have like this exclusive t-shirt available to to buy there um so i just took a stab at what i thought a um a voyage shirt would look like if um you know i i mean it was it was a departure from their the current logo it was just more of like a script and kind of made this uh, weird tagline that I thought of off the top of my head that said land, sea, and air time instead of the play on like land, sea, and air, obviously, but um, put it together in sort of a nautical theme and presented it to them and they dug it. We printed a bunch of them and and I guess they, they sold out. They sold through them. So they, they came back to me, um, you know, the next season and asked, can we do the four posters? Can we do four t-shirts? And, um, and I said, sure. And mocked him up and, and even threw in a, um, a nod to, um, the Santa Claus land, you know, kind of an homage to their, their roots. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great working with them. <laughs> it was, they're like, um, it's, they kind of give me the, the freedom I like to, to sort of create weird products, which is how my mind sort of works. And, and they, they're right there with me. So um, I think it's been a pretty successful collaboration on, on all sides. That's awesome. And I, so I was there when the, for the 
Hollywood Nights where the original Voyage t-shirt came out. My dad and I both have them. But I'm here to tell you, I have never seen coaster people flock to t-shirts like I did that day. Oh, wow. It, it was one of those <laughs> I, things that I was mean, like, it was almost scary how fast they were trying to get to them. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, I I still have yet to go to Holiday World, and I really want to go. Um, I had plans to go this past season, but, you know, the pandemic just kind of threw a wrench in, in everything. Um, but that's definitely want to get out there next season and, um, you know, just check it out because I just want to meet Holodog, you know, to be honest. <laughs> he seems like a pretty cool mascot. He he is awesome. My my dad makes me take his picture with him every single year. Because um, my dad and I try to get to Hollywood Nights each year, and th- this year was no exception. He wanted his picture with Hollow Dog. I'm just look- oh yeah. I mean I get it. I'm looking forward to seeing Hollow Dog dressed up as the lion from the Wizard of Oz this year. I mean I'm that's I'm excited for that. Yeah yeah. I mean I. I'd really love to get out there to, to see that. I, I think, uh, you know, everything holiday world does with all of their marketing and, um, kind of the, the comedic and light vibe they have. And, um, you know, they don't take themselves, they don't take themselves too seriously. They have like free parking and, uh, free pop and free sunscreen. So it's like, this is a super cool place. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's awesome. And I, I have to say one more thing about the the posters you did for them because it was one of those things when I saw them, it and then I kept looking at them and then it hit me is that they're all designed to be displayed in a row with the sunset between Voyage and Thunderbird and the tree on Raven and Legend. And when I saw, I can't unsee that now. And it's one of my favorite things yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I, I kind of um, wanted, that was an idea I had before I knew what the posters would look like is that I, I wanted them all to go together as a set, but I also wanted them to work on their own. So if you just wanted the Voyage poster, if you just wanted the Legend poster, you can get those and you could hang them up and you don't have to like worry about getting the rest of the set. But if you did have the rest of the set, you could do this cool thing where they all kind of connect together and they even go like from left to right. They go from their oldest coaster to their newest coaster, which is Thunderbird and their oldest being the Raven. So it was just kind of my own personal challenge that I set upon myself. No one really asked for it. It was just something I, uh, I wanted to see if I could make and I think it came out pretty okay. And, uh, you know, not everyone sees right away that they do go together. It's just kind of an understated thing. Like if you, if you do have all four, you may figure that out that they do go together. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I love all four of those posters. I don't have any of them uh, as of now because I'm kind of running out of room on my walls from all of your other posters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Out of the four, what do you think is probably your favorite poster from that collaboration? Uh, my favorite was probably, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. My, I think 
my favorite comp compositionally was the Raven, but my favorite of the um, the the most colorful, vibrant one. The colors that the color palette I liked the best was on the Legend. Um, that was the one my eyes usually most drawn to. I kind of like the cool tones with the the purple train and um, I don't know something about it just felt right. But uh, you know, I I had a good time creating all of them. I think the Thunderbird was probably I spent the most time trying to add, create an abstract wing coaster train, and I wasn't really happy with my first couple of attempts, but. Uh, I kind of figured out like one that that looked enough like a wing coaster and it looked enough like Thunderbird. You kind of got the the colors and the ideas that it it was probably the train, um, and it and it goes with my style. Like it's not, you know, a one to one. I'm not doing like a, you know, like I said, like a 3D rendering of it. It's it's just like here's an abstract flat piece, um, and it worked out pretty well. It. I also took like my first stab at um, using a um, like a stipple brush to do shading on those and um, creating a little bit more depth than what I usually do, which is just pure flat graphics. Um, so it was kind of an exercise for me, and um, you know, in addition to like creating this like uh, piece that just connected through four different uh, illustrations, it was also an exercise for me to like uh, work on my shading and, and light sources and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I think the legend for me had, had all of, you know, what I, what I was trying to accomplish in that. Right. I've got the sticker set and I've got them laying in front of me right now. Cause I've got an idea for what I want to do with them, but I just haven't had time to make it a reality yet. And I, the, the more I look oh, at that yeah. legend one with the headless horseman silhouetted by the moon, that's great. But I didn't even, so I didn't even, I knew about the, um, that they was all one image, but I always had it backwards. I didn't realize that they were chronological order until you said that. And then I noticed the tiny bit of Voyage's lift hill on legend and that now I'm looking yeah. at it in the correct order. Cause I always had it Voyage, Thunderbird, Raven, legend. I needed to move the two around. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can still display them however you'd like. Um, they they should go together regardless, but they only tell that that cohesive story when you display it in, in the order they were built. Yeah, that... Now, now I'm going to be like, okay, this is how it goes. But my plan is I want to get a, a custom frame for the sticker set, and instead of putting them on something, actually put them in a frame in an order. So ah, uh, okay. I just need to that sounds cool. do the measurements and everything, and figure out who I'm gonna actually have make me this awesome frame. But there's another. That would be cool. I'll, I will definitely send you a picture when I finally make it a reality, because I please. But there's yep. another collaboration please I want to touch on, and that I remember um, following on. Um, both ends, and that was the No Limits, what was it, Roundup 300 posters you designed? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> this was something, because I play a lot of No Limits myself because it's just a fun creative outlet. It's like, ooh, what if a park did this? 
And I actually remember mm-hmm. I was trying to come up with an idea to submit for Roundup 300, but I ultimately ran out of time. But some of these posters are fantastic. So what was it like to take a, um, a, like a no limits project and turn that into a poster? Cause I'm assuming it's similar to like an actual ride, but was, did you actually like get into the game and just like, or get into the simulator and spend time looking at each of these rides? Uh, I, I didn't, uh, pull it up directly in the game, although a lot of the designers sent me their, their working game files. So if I did want to pull it up in, in no limits, I could, but to be honest, I'm still a bit new in no limits too. I'm stuck in, like I said, the dark ages in, in the first no limits. Um, so the stuff that that the designers were able to accomplish in Roundup 300 was like mind blowing. It was all so good. Um, the theming is so detailed. They like um, created cues and um, environments and stories around these these roller coasters, which in them in and of itself is like an amazing achievement just to design a roller coaster. But they have the complete environment. It's like a 360 mm-hmm. environment of, um, you know, story. It's immersive. And um, just to see all that, uh, it was incredible. But so I could have looked in the game pile, but what really got the story across was like these incredibly cinematic YouTube videos that they created. And um, those were like, what really allowed me to understand what they were going for in, um, in each of their unique designs, um, you know, from the mood of the music they set, uh, the, the roller coasters to and the videos to, and, um, and the way they sort of cut to show like different elements and, like you can tell like what a signature element on that ride was going to be and what, um, you know, the color palette of the ride, like what would inspire the color palette on it. And, um, I don't know. It was just like, these were super cool. And it was, um, I was thrilled that, uh, you know, the team at no limits, uh, came to me with the suggestion, like, uh, you know, we'd like to design some posters like for the grand prize winners or, you know, we want to do like custom, you know, made to thrill style posters for, um, for the winners of this competition. And like, sure, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, and then I realized that there was, uh, there would be 10 winners and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take me a really long time. Um, but, uh, the the contest winners were you know super lenient with me and um you know since made to thrill is just something i do in my spare time for fun uh it it took me several months <laughs> to get through all 10 but i think uh the final output everyone was pretty happy with and uh you know just being able to not only give it to all of the winners um you know as their prize but i i ran it uh, in my shop for like a week or two weeks, just in case any of their friends like wanted to buy extra copies. Um, I sort of sold it as like just regular posters in the shop and, and they actually, a lot of them sold, uh, 
very well. So it was pretty impressive that, um, you know, the, the designers of the roller coasters, like there were, they generated so many fans just based on, on what they created in no limits. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was super cool. Yeah. Some I'm fairly active on the forums where roundup takes place. And it's definitely one of those events that it's months of teasing and pictures like specifically the journey to agartha poster and the journey to agartha ride they had worked on that forever like i remember we'd get updates sporadically and we were all excited to see like the end product but they worked on that ride forever but then there's like the dark horses which ended up winning which was the omitted misadventures of cherry bomb which i don't think really any of us knew or it, we didn't know it was coming. And so when we saw that video, I remember seeing my jaw drop and your poster oh, just yeah. captures that ride perfectly. <laughs> I tried to, I don't know if it does it justice, you know, to be honest, I, I tried to capture all of what they had in that ride. It was an amazing ride system. It was like, you know, test track and, and the radiator springs racers and cars land and, um, mm-hmm. There was so much going on in that ride to boil down to just one minimalist retro futuristic poster. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I really, I, I dug that ride a lot, and I tried to, I, I tried to communicate with each of the designers and like, um, you know, to see if they wanted me to integrate anything specific into, into the, uh, into the artwork itself, and. And I think with that one, um, you know, I just tried to, I felt the California vibes in it. I just wanted to make it kind of like a, an old, uh, like video game art kind of cover. And yeah, uh, and it, it kind of worked. Yeah. It, and it's a great poster. And I always go back to that video and that ride in particular, because the scariest thing about that is that none of that is native No Limits 2. Every single part of that ride is completely custom. And I th- yeah, and just yeah. looking at the poster, it, it really just does capture like the, the immediate vibe of that video. And I think it does for all of the No Limits posters. Yeah, I mean, we, try, we tried to, um, you know, I, again, I worked with the designers to say like, I wanted to figure out in in their eyes like what was the signature element of this ride so i think um you know there was one that we wanted to incorporate a uh, a rocket in it um because that was like a signature element was like the the ride was kind of launched around uh a rocket ship and we wanted to put that in the poster so make sure i got it in there because i mean these are rides like i have no (laughs) no attachment to i didn't know they were being built you know we obviously can't ride them in reality so i have no nostalgic connection to them mm-hmm. um so i have to i wanted to work as closely with the designers as i could to try and make something that that we both felt um represented their their vision so you know i'm i'm glad to hear it uh it translated well because it was really a um, a shot in the dark but Again, I I, um, I loved working with all the designers. I loved working with the team at No Limits. I think, um, you know, we all just uh, had a good time, you know, working on that. Even though it 
it probably took a while and and everyone was waiting a long time for them um you know i i appreciate everyone's patience on that i think you still beat getting all the prizes out for roundup 200 though if i'm not mistaken they still hadn't delivered one of the roundup 200 prizes oh <laughs> because they did like well, can carve custom wheels or something and it took them uh, three years to get them all delivered uh yeah i mean we have ambitious dreams in, in doing yes. these uh, collaborations. And I think sometimes it takes a little bit longer than, than we initially anticipate. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, with, uh, when I learned it was like 10 posters, I'm like, Oh man, this is going to take a long time and, uh, just be prepared to wait. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what I said, but yeah, I mean, it's good to know I, I wasn't in, uh, you know, there was someone a little bit, took a little bit longer than me. That's not too bad. Then. Well, I I think we're about done. So we just have a couple of quick fire wrap up questions here. So Which these are pretty take much forever, but yeah, <laughs> these are questions we ask everybody who comes on. So that is favorite theme park, um, favorite roller coaster, and for you, favorite poster you have designed. Period. Oh man. Okay. So favorite theme park, I'd have to go with. I don't know. It's kind of a tie. Is that cheating? It's, no, <laughs> um, definitely not. I'd have to go with uh, Epcot um, for just nostalgic reasons. I know right now it's in sort of an identity crisis and being ripped to shreds. But you know, I, I think one day it'll it'll be rebuilt and it'll be, you know, glamorous again. I don't know. Um, but my other favorite park is obviously my home park, which I also have a lot of nostalgic connections to it's a uh, great america in uh, six six flags great america um and let's see my favorite poster that's a tough one <laughs> but it usually comes back to um either cheetah hunt or the mummy in universal oh. Studios, which are are not like the highest and fastest by any means but they're just like really fun rides chris and i absolutely adore mummy uh we both like cheetah hunt too not as much as mummy but we do like it yeah yeah the, the mummy has one of my favorite um like elements to it which is one ele it's an element that i always like dreamt of growing up was like what happens if you just pull back into the station and the operator is like, you know what? You're going again. Like you have no control over that. And then they actually, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler alert, but I don't know. Mummy's been open for a long time. So they put that in the mummy. <laughs> There's like a completely fake out station. And then that's like the coolest part of the ride for me. Yeah. It, we love that part. Yeah. That part, that just the whole, when, so I actually wrote it for the first time about a month ago and actually it was a month ago today. I'm looking at the calendar and it was one of those rides. Like I knew about what was going to happen that I did know about the fake out station, but there was so much more to the actual roller coaster part of that ride that just completely blew oh, my yeah. mind. I was like, this is so much more than I was expecting. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's a, such a great ride. That's why it's kind of a tie for me, but yeah, that's, I don't know. 
That's respectful. Now I think the question when Chris said it, I could I could almost tear like the like this is gonna be hard. Your favorite poster you've designed. Oh no. Yeah. I, um uh let's see i hate making people pick favorites especially in stuff like this because i understand the pain with all my doing picking a favorite picture (laughs) i'd have to say one of my my favorites has been um the types of coasters uh poster which was one of my first um screen printed posters i did which features um the alphabet in in different typographic treatments that uses um each like the uh the typographic treatment in each of the ride logos so for example you'd have the a from apollo's chariot the b from blue streak um and the c from cyclone d from dueling dragons so it's uh it was a pretty cool one it was a cool idea in my head but i feel like it it was one of the posters that felt pretty true to the the vision in my head so i uh i don't know i i think that one is one of my favorites but they're all pretty fun to me i mean i have a story for all of them including some ones that uh that haven't come out yet so you'll probably see those soon too awesome we we like hearing that type of stuff yeah I'm looking at this this types yeah. of coaster. I've got I've had your website open, just running around looking at everything that we're talking about, and I'm looking and oh, yeah. there are so many of these rides that I'm like, oh wait. Now that I look at it, it's like oh, like the X specifically. That that's one of my all time favorite roller oh, coasters. Yeah. So I get. Oh yeah, that one's awesome. Um, yeah, there oh, there's so much on here. I didn't realize. Just that's awesome. I love that yeah yeah some there's some fun stuff on there you know just i don't know you you probably uh you may rack your brine mind on a few of those like the the h um it's kind of a deep cut but you can you can do research on that one hydra right you know? no high roller it yeah yeah i thought it did sit allentown Trying to see I, on the website. Is it, is it Hydra? Or is it, yeah, I think it's Hydra. I think you're. Is it? Yep, it's oh, Hydra. Oh, the, the H is Hydra. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, I was like, I was like. I don't. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, well, I'm looking at some of these. Oh. Well, okay, so oh, that about awesome. uh, wraps it up. So, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. And um, why don't you tell the people where they can find you, plug your socials, all that? Oh, okay. Um, sure. So I am at uh, Made to Thrill on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find the shop at madetothrill.com. Um, and uh, again, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on here to talk and hang out, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely go check his stuff out. If you forgot to get some of the Christmas gift, I don't, I don't think it will make it on time now for Christmas, but it's the thought that counts people so if you need a gift for the coaster enthusiast in your life check out made the thrill we love your stuff i know i hounded my mom this year i was like hey mr bags are out you should go buy one those those were my words to her (laughs) 
So I mean, I I might I've always been interested in getting one of those too. They sold out in like the first day. So yeah. Well, but anyways, yeah. um, you can find us at Twisted Underscore Travelers on Instagram and at Twisted Traveler, but the R is a one on Twitter. And I think that does it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast.